Thursday night edition of the Crash the Pond podcast. We are back to discuss some very interesting quotes today from Ducks general manager Bob Murray's end of season. I was going to call it a press conference, but it was a Zoom conference, the the first of its kind. Mm -hmm. Before we get into that, believe me, there is a lot to get into. Jake, uh, Jake has some words for us. So, so why don't you, why don't yeah, you take it away so here, Jake? I know that this is a hockey podcast, but with kind of the current human rights climate, I'd be remiss not to take a few minutes to talk about it and stand up for what I believe is right. And so what's happened to George Floyd was not right. What happened to Ahmaud Arbery also was not right. What has happened to so many other people uh, of color in this country due to racism, that's not right either. Black lives do matter, period. And the deeply ingrained racism of this country and the world, it needs to stop. As a whole, we have to work to change this. It's not just on me, not just on you. It's on all of us to work together to change this. We all must take our right to vote seriously in every election and make informed decisions. And if it's possible for you, donate to causes that are fighting against racism every single day. Simply put, though, we all need to make every effort to be actively anti-racist. Let's make sure to be kind to each other and let's leave this place in a better place than we came into it. So hopefully that kind of uh, message reaches everyone out there. Yeah, I mean, really, no matter what you think or what you feel, um, vote. Yes. You know, we have... A lot of people with really strong opinions to the point where they're enacting them in a very negative way. And uh, if you're not voting, it's kind of hard to take you seriously because that's actually where it counts, not doing anything else really um, when it comes down to it. So definitely get out there and vote, you know, uh, keep track of local elections statewide as well as nationally, because that's that, that is one of the biggest problems, single issues today. So I'm glad that we're able to be on the same page about that because that is very important. Well said by Jake. Tough to do, but we got to get it off our chest so we can move. We can move on. Yep. To hockey, to Mo- sports. Move on and hopefully now provide a little bit of entertainment for all of you after kind of going over uh, sports ball. Important news of the day that needs to be <laughs> talked about a little bit. Correct. So let's uh, let's get into these comments. So we're gathered here today to discuss really nothing else but Bob Murray's press conference. Uh, well, okay, there's, I guess, two things. Uh, Cody Curran is now officially a member of the Ducks. Didn't, oh, no, we uh, talked about him on the Patreon episode. Yeah, we did, but he signed a two-year, $2 million contract with the Ducks, and we actually have an article up about it at CrashThePond.com, which you should check out. But Bob Murray did speak to that, so we'll have an opportunity to, to to talk about it. Let's just jump right into the quotes, really. There's there's no time to waste. So um, I'm going to skip the first one. There. So for anybody who's wondering, if you go to the Ducks website, they have a transcript of the Zoom conference. Um, the first quote, there was a question about how they've been dealing with, how they've been conducting business and how they've been going about the the new reality of uh, remote uh, you know, conferencing and interviewing. So... Not really a whole lot to take away from that. Um, my, I, I kind of love the second question of what are the challenges of using programs like Zoom, you know, as if, uh, you know, as if like they, they can't mm-hmm. figure out how to use it or something. Yeah. Um, 
I wonder what kind of Zoomer Bob Murray is. Is what, he the guy what, who, what, who, who like, doesn't know he's muted? or What type of background does Bob Murray have? Yeah, does, is he like Jake who has a beach background? Oh, that beach or, background was great. It was. It was. We had a little Zoom conference for our beer league, and Jake had a pretty epic background. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe he just has uh, like a, a Jared Bowl background. Maybe something like that. Fire, Fire Carlisle said that Bob Murray doesn't know how to use backgrounds. But that that <laughs> might be the answer. He might be that guy who doesn't know these backgrounds. That's fair. I I still like don't you. use them either. Like you. Well, I know how, but supposedly my computer doesn't have the capability to do it. But all that aside, <laughs> let's get into the first meaty question with a even meatier response. It's a pretty loaded question. What did you like slash dislike about your club's 2019-20 season? I mean, it's like asking the head of a company, what have you liked slash disliked about your your company in the last year? <laughs> like, where do you even start with that? And so Bob Murray just, just took the baton and he ran with it. I'm going to read the whole quote. I'm going to try to dilute it a little bit just so that we're not droning on here. And there's just something about the way Bob Murray talks. It's in these very short, kind of aggressive sentences. And so I'll do my best. So again, the question is, what did you like slash dislike about the season? This is Bob Murray. The record wasn't where I wanted it to be or where anyone wanted it to be. The question is why? Again, I'm encouraged. There were some stretches of very good hockey played by this group. Definite steps in the right direction of playing faster, quicker, and doing some things the proper way. Far too inconsistent. We'd played good games against good teams and we and show we could play, which by the way, stepping away from that for a second, is actually true. We talked yeah. about this during the season. The Ducks, I'm thinking back to a Capitals game, I think early in the season, where the Ducks have had some really good performance yeah. throughout the year. They definitely did. So I think that so far in this quote, I don't think he's off the mark here. The Ducks were pretty inconsistent. They turned they ended up being more consistently bad, but I would say in the first three months of the season, they they did have some pretty you know high highs and some low lows. Agreed? Yes. Are, are, are we are we kind of grading? Are, are we giving Murray a, a passing grade so far? This yeah, quote? I'd say we, I'd give him a passing grade so far. So far, there's a lot to go yeah. though. There's, oh, like there's two plenty. giant paragraphs. <laughs> yeah. Why? Okay. So we played good games against good teams and show we could play, and then we failed to show up. Why? Special teams. Oh, Bob, you've got me there. Thank you, Bob. Special teams. We get back into the quote. Special teams. A major concern. If you put us in the middle of the pack on special teams, we could be one of the teams playing right now. Well, nobody's actually playing, but you know what he means. We're so far down the totem pole, and that's inexcusable. That's on the coaches, players, and everybody. That has to be fixed. Certain things are going to change. I'm going to be pushing very hard. The inconsistencies cannot be allowed to happen with the way they were. In hindsight, because of the year before and what happened at the end, I kind of backed off and gave everyone space. I didn't feel I could be around as much. In hindsight, that's a mistake. An error in judgment. My people argue with me on that. That won't happen again. Everybody's talking about the young guys. It just led players at times to say, it's just a rebuilding year and that it doesn't matter. Up and down the lineup, some of the kids were allowed to get away with murder this year. That's over. Accountability in this group is going to change. I've said that a couple times. I'm hell-bent on that happening going forward. The coaches are going to hear that loud and clear. They already have. That goes right from the lowest ice time to the most ice time and the most veteran guys to the younger guys. That leads to the inconsistencies. Some of that was, okay, we have some of the young guys. We're going to be young. 
We l- okay, l- let's, l- 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 let's step away here for yeah. a second. There, there's more to break that down. Was, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. What what just happened? So well, Bomberi just dunked all over his his roster and his coaching staff. Yeah, and even like even going above into the paragraph above that, where he's saying it's on the coaches, on the players, and everybody that has to be fixed. Certain things are going to change. I'm going to be pushing very hard. My issue with that is that's the same thing he's been saying for years. And now, granted. He's not necessarily wrong by saying well, it's that's on the, play- the thing. coaches N- and players. This, n- none of this is incorrect. None of them. and No, none of it's incorrect. And this is probably going to be a recurring theme of what I'm going to be <laughs> saying today. But the issue with, with a lot of these quotes is we've heard this before. We've heard this blunt honesty from him before with no action. And my other issue with this is. What do you mean? They, they signed Cody Curran. We just talked yeah. about it. Um, and he's like, certain things are going to change. I'm going to be pushing very hard. Inconsistencies cannot be allowed to happen with the way they were. Well, maybe if you didn't ice a roster with Corbinian Holzer consistently playing and Jacob Larson con- consistently playing, you wouldn't have as many inconsistencies. Maybe you understand also, and this is one of my bigger things with these quotes, my bigger issue with these quotes, is a lot of these kids are coming into the league for the first time. And well, I, hold on, let let save some of that because we've we've got plenty of time to okay, talk about that. But let, let, but let's, let let me at least get to this though. Is that okay? You got to be honest with where your team's at, and I feel like well, special teams were bad. No, 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 no. And so here's where my, my point is: is that the gist that I've gotten from let's just say with that first paragraph and a little bit of the second paragraph is that Murray thought that this team was going to be better. And well, that, I think I think we all did. Though, no, right? we did. We did. But yeah. we also you and I both specifically said this, that the standard deviation for points this past year was yeah. was great. Well, I think he's making it sound like that was like you're saying, like that was the expectation. Yes. And that is my issue is that you should be coming in. Yes. It's awesome. If Sam Steele, if Troy Terry, if Max Jones, if these guys become 40 point players and they uh, push your team into a playoff spot, if Andre Kosh is able to score goals again, that's great. But that didn't happen. You have to understand the the potential and the potential negative of these kids. They're coming in and they're getting their first taste. Now, maybe it's a bigger disappointment in a year or two, but if yeah. this is still the case, but it almost just feels like there's a lack of understanding on his part of where mm-hmm. this roster is and where it should be and understanding the development of these kids in a well, way. Well, one thing I will give him credit for is the special teams thing is is just correct. Yeah, there wasn't really a reason for that to be bad. That that could have been good, and they just were not at any point. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not good, and that is correct. But yeah, everything else kind of an interesting tone so far. Very, uh, very aggressive tone, like I was saying. Okay, let's get back to this quote. The other thing that didn't work properly, and again, our depth coming up with all our young guys. We had injuries again, but that was better. That was an improvement. Man games lost were down. That was better. It was always our kids who were our best players when they were coming up. But then you have too many kids. <laughs> you can't play with all kids in this league. The league is too good. For a stretch there, we had far too many kids in the lineup. Now it's going to be difficult with budgets and things. Who knows what's going to happen with the American Hockey League. Those guys are a year older, so that should help. That was a little bit of a problem. Enough of the excuses with that. We have to fix that. It was enough of some really good hockey played that I expect a big step forward next year. All right. So can I jump in here? Because there's a whole lot of words. You're just being, you're you're just yeah. That, that was a lot of words. There, there's a lot of words in here that don't necessarily I, I, say a damn I thing. Think, I I think I just said kids about twenty times. Well, and here's the thing: 
Kids. It's the kids. Kids, kids, kids. In the paragraph prior to this, he said that the kids were able to, were allowed to get away with murder. And so my understanding and my assumption reading that is that well, remember, we're, we're, we're decoding Bob Murray's yes, speech here. And my under, we, my, we can't take it at face value. My personal view of that is that Bob Murray saying that they didn't go about it the right way. They weren't in there early and staying there late. They weren't going about their business the way that Bob Murray views a hockey player should be going about their business. Would you agree yes. with that? And I think that that's what he's speaking to. Because I think what he's saying is the on-ice performance was was admirable. But And, and that's the thing is that he goes from throwing all the kids under the bus to then saying they were our best players. When well, they that's were the funny up. thing is that is that it is kind of interesting to, on one hand say that their off ice uh, attitude supposedly was bad, but then they were still the best or they were still very good. So how much did that really matter then? Yeah, exactly. It is an interesting thought. It and is an interesting thought. I, his statement, and, the one that, so guess what sentence sticks out to me out of that to, third paragraph? To you, the, to you the most? Yes. Um, oh man, I don't know. I mean, okay, how about this one? You can't play with all kids in this league. Yep. Ding, ding, wow. ding. Wow. I'm you, proud of myself. You should be proud because why? Why? <laughs> if, if they're your best players, why, <laughs> why not? Well, yeah, it's kind of a self-defeating argument. You just established or you established that they're really good, but then you say you can't play with all of them. But if they're all good, I mean, it's just the math is, it's like the GIF. I don't know what movie it's from, where the guy has all the equations floating in front of his head. Oh, it's from um, The Hangover. Yeah, that's kind of what this feels like, reading this paragraph. It's, it's, we're just, we're, we need well, like a Rosetta Stone to it, figure it out. It's his speak that he needs the roster and not be all kids because well, of toughness I, and all that stuff. I think what he's though- trying to say is that when he says it can't be all kids, he means we can't have a party in the locker room every game. We, we can't have I guess. all the kids hanging out between games, going to Newport beach and playing, video, beca- play, playing the Fortnite, playing Fortnite, you know, that evil Fortnite game, which I don't think anybody really plays anymore. Right. I mean, there, no, there was, a, there, there Apex was just a, legends. There was just a pro-am, uh, with NHL well, yeah, players. But it, for it's Fortnite. not necessarily the thing anymore. Josh Manson, Troy Terry, and Max Jones played in it for the ducks. Yeah, but you know the NHL is usually late to that stuff. So, anyway, anyway, so let's let's get, let's get back to the story here. Yeah, that I don't want to spend too much more time on this paragraph, but it sounds like he was. It sounds like this is everything that happened this last year so far when it comes to the young movement is just against Bob Murray's core, and he's never really had to do that as a GM with the Ducks. He's always had veteran teams he's, he's always had competitive teams and this sounded like it was not a good a, like a fun adjustment for him he took over the ross i mean he took over as general manager when gets off and perry were entering their prime yeah he's he never had, had to superstars. experience this and i don't think he's loving the other side of the coin no. so yeah welcome to the welcome to reality bob murray of the nhl where you don't not, where you don't inherit where you don't inherit two uh hall of famers correct well let's let's say one lock one lock Hall of Famer. Two Hall of Famers. Two Hall of Famers. <laughs> okay, Heart let's trophy. move on. <laughs> um, so he has this quote here about answering, how much did the cancellation of the remainder of the AHL season affect the organization? I don't know if I really want to get into this one because it's a little... It's. I don't think it's as relevant, but why don't we just blaze through it anyway? Yeah. Just to give people context because maybe not everyone's going to take the time to... Uh, to read this, I wouldn't blame them. It's kind of hard to get through. 
So let's get into his answer. That was a big disappointment for me, speaking to the cancellation, because I'm a big believer in these guys playing playoff games as a pro. Okay, well, yeah, it's a disappointment to everyone, but there's a pandemic. Anyway, we had that set up fairly well. If everyone would have stayed healthy and we get the guys down who could have gone down at the end of the year, that would have been a really good team. Agreed. The Ducks could have iced a really good uh, AHL team. That would have been very healthy for them. For example, Troy Terry, we did what we did, which when he's saying that, you'll recall when the Ducks sent down Troy Terry at the end of the oh. year, Jake was livid about that. But still listen, living. Jake, still Bob Murray's going to explain to you why they did that. So let's get into it. We did what we did because I wanted him to go down there and lead them, lead them into the playoffs, which he was doing. But he didn't play in the playoffs the year before because he got hurt. He didn't play down there. He was out. Regardless of the success of some of these guys have had in the past, at college or whatever stage, it's still not professional playoff hockey. That's a disappointment, but no one else got to play them either. It is what it is. On the flip side right now, all of our players, uh, or sorry, on the flip side right now, we're on all of our players right now. Well, that was a hard sentence to read. Sorry, buddy. So he's saying they're on everybody. This is the summer where there aren't too much, too many injuries. Everybody is cleared. Hampus, Cam, they're all cleared. couple nagging things. Guys are getting worked on. So this is an opportunity to get those fixed. Okay. So, yeah, AHL playoffs being canceled bad because, you know, the Ducks would have had a pretty interesting team. Well, the Ducks and, could have won the Calder Cup. Well, they had to get in the playoffs first, right? I think that they were in a playoff spot at the time of cancellation. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they, they could have had an interesting team. Because um, they, I mean, they, they could have had all the kids, basically. They made the, uh, yeah, and potentially Trevor Zegras. I mean, not potentially, they would have. <laughs> yeah, so that would have been interesting. That is definitely a disappointment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not really a whole lot to take away from that that quote, to be honest. Uh, but just to finish it off, it's going to be a long summer, so let's take advantage of it. That's how we're addressing this. Let's take advantage of this. I'm pushing. Dave Nones, Tard Marchant, we're pushing our strength and conditioning staff. Push these guys now. Let's get a good summer in. With some of them, we've seen some deficiencies in their body makeup. Let's address those right now. Now is the opportunity. That's There's Jer- good Jeremy and the bad. <laughs> the AHL playoffs, I was counting on those, but nobody else got them. Okay. Hey, fair enough. That was a big deal to them, and they didn't get it. I want what that you, that body body makeup uh body makeup stand. who could he be talk who could he be talking about who's fat who's out of shape wow just just straight up going there <laughs> I mean I have a few names in mind but I mean I I'm wondering I'm, if they're I'm, thinking about guys that are too small yeah that maybe out maybe, more. maybe need to bulk up because and that sounds like a statement basically from Jeremy Battle who's the strength and conditioning coach or. Is it that or it's it's something like that? No, he's the director of sports, sports science? science or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, something more uh, advanced. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting quote because in their body makeup, so like their body composition, so maybe not enough musculature. Who knows? I don't know. A little, a little too much there. A little, or I would say too little there to to figure out. Let's move on to the next quote. Bringing it back to Cody Curran, who we talked about earlier. What does Cody Curran bring to the organization's defense. He responds, we felt another one of our issues was that our defense was too young. Well, he's already established that a lot of kids is a bad thing. And with young forwards, it really hurt us. We've kind of shored up our depth, our depth on defense. It's going to take a lot of defensemen to get through next year. Curran is a late bloomer. We've known about him for years and his improvement over the last couple of years in the Swedish Hockey League. You saw the numbers and awards he won. 
We're quite excited about that. I expect some really good competition on defense next year. We should be deep enough. I think the schedule is going to be fairly tough next year. So I just want to say that I think that for 95% of this, this is pretty spot on. I think that the amount of D-men that the Ducks have is a lot, especially lefties. But I think that bringing in a guy like Curran, who was the MVP and the defenseman of the year in a very good hockey league in Sweden, yeah, um, could potentially be a nice stabilizing well, force if he if his game kind of pivots back to the North American ice because no one else on that blue line so far has proven that they can hold down a regular spot. And, I mean, the thing that is important to know about Curran is he had, was over a point per game in the Swedish Hockey League and ran the power play for Rogel and was fairly successful doing that. And so that gives the Ducks an option on the power play. I mean, I guess the only concern is how many left-handed shot defensemen do the Ducks realistically need, but I don't necessarily have an issue with this signing because adding a guy like this is a much better signing, in my opinion, than even adding a Hawk, adding a Hawk and Paw, adding... He uh, adds something uh, that they whole, don't really have. Exactly. Outside of, the, outside of the lefty thing, he adds a true offensive threat. Well, and I the think there line. there's no real downside to this. If he doesn't work yeah. out, he goes to the AHL, or maybe they put he wants to leave and go back to Europe because he yeah. had a KHL they, deal. They, they, they Anton Rodin him. Yeah, and so um, it, it's really a win-win for the Ducks. If it doesn't work out, they can probably get out of it, or he's in the AHL. My issue with this quote, because all of it's fine, except... Does Bob Murray understand aging curves? Well, here's what I'm not sure about. When he says that the blue line was too young. Yeah. So let's just look. What? Let's just go through the list. What? Let, 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 what? I, can, I, I can't see your face because we're, we, I don't have my, the video feed up, but I can imagine you have a confused look on your face. Yeah. Which others might. Others might. You might not be alone in that confusion. Well, let's just go down the list of defensemen on this team. Yeah. Do Cam it. Fowler's 28. Yep. He's not a kid. Prime age. Hampus Lindholm, 26. Prime age. Not a kid. Josh Manson, 28. Not a kid. Prime age. So those are three guys out of the six already. We've got, we're have got we halfway through already. None of them are kids. After that, Michael Dalzato played old. a lot of minutes this year. 29. Oh, um, actually not as old as I thought. Prime no, age. Yeah, yeah he's, he's in his prime. So we're at four out of six now. Christian Juice, 25. Entering I mean, his prime, young. He's a tweener, youngish. Jacob Larson, twenty-three. Young. Now he's twenty-three. He was twenty-two at the time. Yeah, I, I would say young. He's on the kid side. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll give Bob Murray that one. Uh, Matt Irwin, thirty-two. Although he only played down the stretch. But Holzer was the other option. Corbin and Holzer, yeah. That, that's thirty. My, like you're talking about Irwin, but then again, Brendan the, Gooley, twenty. Or sorry, twenty-two. Young. Um. Yanni Hockenpah, 28, Josh Mahura, 22. And Gooley and Mahura were mostly in the AHL this year. Yeah. So what is this narrative? <laughs> that That's my point. That's what I take <laughs> issue with. Where is this offense that's too young? I think the problem is, I think what he's trying Does, to say, and he's saying it in a, in a different way, is that the young defensemen were not that good. Either that... But, well, I think what he's trying to say is that the... Essentially, what he considers the defense, or he's considering all the guys that we're saying prime age as being young still. Yeah, I think he views Hampus Lind almost being young, too young. Cam Fowler being young, but they I'm need, like, they need they needed a steady veteran. On these the third pairing, these guys are your veterans now. Like they they needed Brian Allen. I, I've I've made this argument before. Cam Fowler's played more games, more playoff games than the a quote unquote veteran in Michael Delzato. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a little odd. I don't really get it. I mean, I think what he's trying... I think another thing, maybe he's... Maybe the reason he feels that way is because outside of Cam Fowler, which Ducks defenseman had a good season? I guess you could throw Eric Goodbranson kind of in there. Oh, yeah. But, we, for, we Did we even mention Goodbranson? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, because he's on the injured reserve. That's why yeah. I didn't see his name. He's 28. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah, that's... That narrative is weird. It's weird, but the the point I'm trying to make is that maybe they seem quote unquote too young when they're not playing well. I mean, Hampus Lindholm did not have a great season. Josh Manson. I mean, it seems like a portion of the fan base turned on him this season. So maybe that's where that narrative comes from. I mean, I'm really grasping. It's, I mean, it's also, I mean, let me just throw this out. There's my overarching theory here. And this is my overarching theory. A lot with Bob Murray is, he's almost grasping at straws in a way to lay the blame elsewhere with well, a lot of different like things. He's also grasping at straws to find different ways to say what he actually thinks. Yeah. Well, Cause, I, cause he, obviously he's not telling us the entire truth. No, here. but here's my issue with a lot of these quotes and there's more of them to come is that yeah. Bob Murray refuses to take accountability in, in any one of these. Well, quotes, no, he, 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 he does say everybody needs true, to be better, but he has but not, yeah, he is there's not, not there's not like a specific hey this is on me. He has not Th- said that's what this you're is looking on, for. He has not said this is on me to go get better players. This is not this is on me to man to Well, he said he was going to get them help. I guess. But yeah, it, it's not no, not taking enough. he's not taking blame for the failures for yeah. for having too high of he, expectations. He's he's not putting himself between the expectations and the team. He's laying he's, the bl- he's laying he's the blame keep, elsewhere. He's kind of watching the expectations eat up the team as opposed to standing between them, which mm-hmm. can be an issue. Again, he's not necessarily he's not wrong on most of these. It's just it's the the messaging. We talk a lot about messaging in in our era right now, and uh, the messaging here is maybe a little problematic. Okay, how did your interest in Curran develop? So the head European scout. Jan Ake Danielson mentioned him last year. He thought he was coming on with Rogel at the end of last year. This year, the notes were regular once a month. He would say, Bob, we've got to sign this guy. Bob, we've got to sign this guy. When I was over there one time, I went and saw him with Jan Ake. I said, wow, he's a late bloomer who figured it out. I talked to him yesterday morning. He's, he had some issues with a Russian team and a Swedish team with his rights. So just to clarify, he had signed a contract in the KHL and essentially got out of it. <laughs> to sign with the Ducks. So pretty serious about coming back to North America. It -hmm. took him a while to get this done. I give him credit because he bought himself out of a little bit of trouble with the Russian team. That sounds very cryptic. What does that mean? That, yeah. (laughs) What does that mean? Is there, is there like, what is, is there, is there, is there some kind of like Russian mob threat here? Like what, what is going on? I think he, I think there may have been an out that he had to personally pay out of pocket to do. I just love how cryptic that sounds and how he it had doesn't to bought him by himself out of it. A little bit of trouble. Yeah. Like, like, did they have the dirt on him? Did they, yeah. Like, did they have dirt on him that he had to just pay them off? Like, it, it's just such an unnecessary com like comment within this, but I love it because it just adds a little flavor. Anyway, he wanted to be here. He's learned how to train. Some of us take longer than others. He's figured it out. He gives us more options on the back end. for a couple of years. We haven't been as good as we usually are, but we're going to fix that. Okay. So, yeah, that, that, that's like a soft accountability there. Yeah, soft accountability. Soft, because who else could be making those decisions? I I do find it interesting though, because I was talking to someone the other day about how the heck did they get to this point of signing Co- Cody Curran, and I hypothesized, well, the Ducks 
do a lot of scouting in Sweden. I mean, you look at their roster. They, um, they signed so. Yanni Hockenpaul last summer. Well, yeah, but he was out of Finland, right? Yeah, but my point. But, still but yeah, yeah, my yeah, point yeah. still stands. Is they're signing? Look at every year. I feel like every year they're signing guys the, out the, of Europe. I Anton think Rodin. That, yeah, I mean their their presence in Scandinavia is pretty strong, and I mean their batting average is pretty good overall. So, and is I think it? this is. Well, I'm I'm counting like draft. Picks oh, too. okay, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, fair. yeah, 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 yeah. Not Got just it. pro scouting. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean Anton Rodin. Uh, that that is a swing and a miss. But that's fine. I mean, it, it cost them really nothing. Exactly. They, they terminated the deal. Hawk and Paw turned out to be okay. Um, we'll, we'll get into this more. Let's finish this quote. Jan Ake sa- saw it the best with him playing in the other European leagues. Coming to the SHL and watching him the year before, the step-by-step improvement in his game. One game I was at last year, he was dominant. I thought, oh, wow. What the hell has he been doing his whole life? It'll be interesting back here. He's a Calgary boy. I just want to pause and say I love that. He's a Calgary boy. Like, that just immediately makes things better. He won't have a problem with the ice size. It took Yanni Hockenpah a little while to figure out our ice. Cody shouldn't have that problem. I'm enthused about the depth on our defense. It's going to be good competition. The young guys are out of it. They're going to have to earn their stripes just like everybody else around here. You know what? I support this quote. I support that last paragraph we just read. I support it. He's a Calgary boy. He's not going to have a problem, despite the fact that all of his best seasons are on larger uh, ice. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I, you, ha- you you said it before I did. I mean, like, I mean, if, that, it was, if it's not an issue, then why did he? I mean, again, he could very well. Why did he well, have to go to Europe to, to find his game? Well, I mean, it's quite possible that he's going to come back and be fine. I mean, I. Oh, yeah. I, I think he's definitely a better player now, and he's more suited to thrive on that smaller ice, but he's still going to a speed that he's never experienced before ever. So that's going to change things. Um, but I do like the idea of increasing the the internal competition. I mean, there was already some internal competition, but I think, and I, I was tempted to write about this in the article, but I kind of stuck to just the roster composition. You bring in a guy like Cody Curran and how does that not motivate the younger guys? I mean, you, this is a guy in Cody Curran who was never drafted and went through an insane an insane path to get yeah, to the NHL. Crazy. I mean, he started in the AJHL, which is not even a major junior hockey league. It's the Alberta Junior Hockey League. And then from there, he played Canadian University Hockey, which is not it's it's not even like you know D2 NCAA. This is far below that. Then he played in the ECHL, the AHL, the Danish Pro League, the Norwegian Pro League. And finally, the SHL before making like that, you can't do that if you don't have perseverance. You can't do that if you don't stick with it. So the sheer presence of this guy in the locker room, how does that not motivate a Brendan Gooley or a Josh Mahura or a, a Christian Juice? Anyone who's in that competition, you have to look at this guy and say, well, if he never gave up, how am I going to give up now? You know, just because things haven't gone my way even though I was a draft pick, even though I've kind of been given opportunities, you know? So I, I, I kind of like it from that perspective. I think that that's interesting. Yeah. I know you, I know you disagree. Yeah. I mean, I know you don't like that stuff, but it matters to people. Sure. 
It matters to people because these are, these are human beings who have to interact. Like I said, I have no issues with the signing of Cody Curran. I think it adds competition, which is good. I I don't necessarily disagree with that. My only thing here is that's not a reason necessarily to sign a guy. If your expectation is that he's going to seamlessly make the transition. And this is kind of falling in line with a lot of what I'm saying about Bob Murray, where if your expectation is up here, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get up here. So (laughs) on the camera, it's correct. And in reality, the player has the potential to perform down here and up there is the absolute best that they can do. And so there's a wide perfor- range of outcomes when they perform down here in the middle of the screen. Felix is where my hand is mm-hmm. instead of where your expectation is up here. You're going to be disappointed. And that's right. almost it feels like what's happening here where Bob Murray's saying uh, he won't have a problem with the ice size. Well, what if he does? Yeah. Yeah, that, that is very confident for a guy who has been playing in Europe for the last three years, but we shall see. I mean, the Ducks seem really confident in him, and so we'll have to see. I, I'm, I'm excited to see him play because this is such an experiment in just development and, and all of that. Okay, let's get into the, some draft talk. Are you ready for draft talk? Do it. Draft quotes, by the way, from Murray. We're not going to rehash our, our draft takes once again. You haven't had a top five draft pick in more than a decade. How does that change your preparation? What kind of impact can that have on your team? Bob Murray responds, we're quite anxious for it. I hope we don't drop down any. Yep, that that's a fair quote. I think yep. Jake would agree there. Yep. I, hope we don't, I hope we don't drop down any, but that seems to be the norm the last few years. Something always drops you down a couple or one or whatever, but you can win. We're going to get a good player this year. We're positive of that. We have three picks in the top 36 as of right now. We just finished our draft meetings, and I've seen pretty much everybody they're talking about. I'm looking forward to this year's drafts. We'll add to our young depth that's starting to grow. This nothing. is a 10 out of 10 quote. Yep, nothing to complain about there. This is a 10 out of nothing from Jake, so you know yep. it's a winner. Exactly. Nothing where did, from me. Where did you stand on the draft lottery procedure and the 24 team return to play This plan? one was interesting to me. This one was all over the place, so yeah. let's get into it. I don't envy the job that Gary Bettman and Bill Daly had to do. There was no perfect way. But other than that, my mom always told me, if you don't have much good to say (laughs) about something, don't say anything. So damning with faint praise there. Yep. They did the best they could. Bill has been excellent with me. He helped me a lot with the Cody Kern thing. He's helped me with some other things we're planning going forward that we need to do as an organization. It's a long time between March 11th and whatever the date of training camp will be, like November 1st. Let's use that as a hypothetical because we don't have any dates yet. Or was that a slip of the tongue? Who knows? Yeah. It's a long time. I have lots of ideas and Bill has been great. A great sounding okay. board for those. Let me ask you this. I feel like he gave things away in there that he wasn't supposed to say. Yeah. L- let me give you this. The 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 fact of it, it's clear that he was frustrated with something. But the fact he's like, my mom always said that if you don't, if you have. Much well, I'm just trying to figure out what he would be upset about. What, Is it the lottery more, system? Was he? So here, I'm, I think it's three things. One that the draft should have been in early June, like we had said, and they would have done yeah. the, that whole format mm-hmm. Two, he's mad about the fact that the play in teams are in the lottery or three that they didn't expand the playoffs even further. And the ducks aren't in the playoffs. I think that the first two are the most likely probably. I just figured I'd throw that one out there because they said, and the 24 team returned to play or play plan. I think he probably was speaking more to the draft lottery procedure aspect of that question. My favorite thing about this quote though, is when he says, Bill has been excellent with me. He helped me a lot with Cody current thing. That that has to do with the whole Russian thing. 
I know. Like, did 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 Bill Daly pay off the KGB? Like, like is that is that what happened here? <laughs> I just love these cryptic it's, elements yeah. that have nothing to do with the question. Yeah. Um, but that's why we love Bob Murray yeah. because he just Wait, says things and then we talk about them. Well, I mean, that's why I love this this Zoom conference. I, I think okay. I think Bob Murray is all of us right now. Where when you put him on Zoom and you've been maybe a little deprived of like human interaction outside of your, you he know, just starts rambling. You just you just start going because you, you just want to talk to people. And I think maybe that's what this was, you know, which is good. We yeah, need that's more what we're doing right now. We need more Zoom Bob Murray. I think that's I think maybe every press conference in the future for Bob Murray needs to be via Zoom. Yeah. Just but I, to me, that's this quote was kind of a whole lot of nothing. More it, or I less. Mean, yeah, yeah, there was not a lot there. But I think that it makes sense that the Ducks would be frustrated that the uh, draft procedure would involve... Uh, Although the playing teams and and honestly, that is not a bad take. A lot of people are frustrated by that. Most people yep. seem to think it should have just been the seven teams and leave it, it at that. Well, that's my opinion is that it should have been yeah. just that I get why they did it because I've said this before. I think it was the Patreon choice at the time. I can't remember. Conditional picks is key. If the play in team loses, you can say they weren't a playoff team by definition. So for conditional picks, they're a lottery team. And for that type of situation to avoid that. Yeah, it's. They, I, I think Bummer is rightfully frustrated with how this yep. lottery system has but been hatched. Honestly, it's not horrible for the Ducks still because they have a pretty good chance of getting in the <laughs> it's top It's not. Three. I'm sure he would have preferred the other system that we had talked about previously. I don't... I'm wondering... So, let me throw this out there. Let's say the, the play-in teams don't get into the lottery. You still have the top three picks lotteried, but it's only the seven teams. Mm-hmm. That's the preferable option for Bob Murray if that was ever True. on the table. True. Because, I mean, that's the thing for the Ducks is under that format, they could only get into the top. It only gets a first. Mm-hmm. But then again, you could only fall down one. So risk at a management perspective, there's less risk in that, in mm-hmm. that, that format that they were talking about doing. Under the current one, there's potential for them to be first, second, or third, though, mm-hmm. which was not possible under that one. Yeah. So, Okay. Just I'm just scrolling through the questions here. I think we should skip through the next few because yep. some of these are not that interesting. So the, I'll just I'll just summarize them a little bit. Go for it. The questions were, you know, how are training camps going to work? How are, how are workouts going to work? And he's saying that he's been coordinating a bit with the GMs from San Jose and LA about how they're going to go about all the protocols, how they're going to go about the hygiene. Um, so I think that that was the gist of that question. Uh, you know, I, I mean... And just how to get guys back to working out in in their home city, but that's that's pretty much it. The status of the annual rookie tournament held in September, so doesn't sound like that's happening. He said no, there won't the, be time for that. The interesting the interesting part is what's going to happen with the CHL and college hockey in the USHL. Yeah, and that's what's that. I mean, everybody's waiting on that, so yeah. he's just kind of echoing that. Um, talked about Europe being an increased focus these days when looking for players. Not a whole lot there either. I mean, he's he talked um, about your your he, well. He's saying that well. What he was saying is that the college free agents are kind of out yes. of style, which yes. I think is pretty fair considering that there's so many stories of college free agents coming in that didn't pan out at all after all. I this think hype. the interesting part of that is he not only says that that's not a thing, but explains why it's not a thing, and that's the part that's interesting. So mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, the reason why college free agents aren't really a thing anymore is that the USHL, which so if you play in Canadian Major Junior, you can't play in college hockey because the NCAA views that, I believe, as professional. You're, you lose your amateur status if you play in Major Junior. 
So a lot of guys will either play in the some of the like B level junior leagues, what is it, the BCHL's one, or a league like the USHL. And so what Bob Murray's saying is that the USHL is being scouted at such a higher level now that guys are getting drafted out yeah. there out of there when they previously weren't. And that would lead them to becoming college free agents to be picked up. And so because the USHL is being so better scouted, there's not as many undrafted college free agents that are worth picking up. Mm-hmm. And so I found that kind of actually enlightening. It is interesting. I think if you're kind of a draft a draft head, you like hearing this stuff because it shows Bob Murray has his finger on the pulse yeah. Uh, yeah. of the of what's going on there. So I would agree with that on it's that. It's a positive. Point. Yep. Okay. Now shifting back to the Ducks, though, specifically, and the roster – this is where Jake might start losing his cool a little bit. We'll see. I had I had a quote tweet about this. Uh, he had a this he, quote. J- Jake had a quote tweet, so you Pl- know plugged that- an article. Plugged an article of mine. <laughs> of course. Well, here we go. So, how can you get more out of Ricard Raquel? Did you gain anything from your e- exit interview with him? That feels like such a pointed question. The exit interview specifically, but anyway, yeah. they were all good. I didn't have too many bad ones this time. Why is he referring to other interviews and they're asking him specifically about Raquel's? Maybe this is a transcription error. But anyway, they were all good. I didn't have too many bad ones this time. It was very insightful. I think he's a very determined young man right now. I'll just leave it at that. Ooh, cryptic. Cryptic Bob strikes again. Here's my view on Ricard Raquel. I wrote an article about this. Ricard Raquel's seasons have not been that much different over the last three years. The main difference is... Goals. Goals, which... (laughs) is shooting percentage. If you look at expected goals, he's actually been better the last two years. He's generating better chances. They're just not going in. Maybe as the, his, his teammate quality isn't maybe what it used to be. Either. Exactly. Maybe as the general manager, you should push back on this idea that you don't need to nest by getting more out of Ricard Raquel. It's a situation where he needs to keep playing his game and eventually the puck will go in the back of the net. Well, it's a situation where, yeah, he's, he's got to figure it out as opposed to looking at the stats. Maybe you should send him the article. I quote tweeted the this quote, so maybe find a way to get him the article. Let let let, let me see if I can get Bob Murray's email. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it's like B Murray at AnaheimDucks.com or something. It, probably. <laughs> I don't know if I'm I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that, but anyway, uh, where is your where is your confidence level? Outed. Yeah, I'm outing Bob Murray's email. Uh, anyway, where is your confidence level regarding your core group of players? Whoa. That is a loaded question, especially knowing what how Bob Murray has spoken about his core group in the past. So let's see what he said. The core players have to elevate their game. They know it. They know it after talking to me. They have to elevate. Take the rebuilding or whatever or whatever everybody is calling this. The Are retooling. you trying to channel him right now? It's no excuse. The core guys have to pick up their games. They can't be so inconsistent. If they show more consistency and more drive all the time, Everybody else around them will follow. A lot is on them. They're aware. I'm going to help them. Wow. Laying down the smack on the core players. You you know what? This is so typical Bob Murray. (laughs) All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear no, it. This tell, is, this, tell, tell me this about is this. This is straight out of the Bob Murray playbook of <laughs> the core players have to elevate their game. This is on them. Look back four, five, six years. The Getzloff and Perry weren't good enough. They didn't step up in game seven for us. They're the they needed to be better. We didn't get enough out of our star players. We didn't this is so typical of Bob Murray that you could probably every single end of year press conference find a quote like this from him. Because here's the issue with this quote. 
There are people out there that believe this and eat this up every single time that he says it because people are willing to lay the blame on the players for okay. a failure. And wait, wait, wait let keep, me keep, keep let, going. Sorry. Keep going. And, and here's the issue with this is that, um, maybe the players just, maybe you didn't support the players. Maybe. And I'll give him credit on this. I, he said, I'm going to help them here, but Maybe you've had too high, like I said, you've had too high of expectations. Maybe there's also other players that you could bring in to help support those core players. Maybe you're viewing this team that, honestly, doesn't really have a superstar player on it. And you're viewing that team as being a playoff team when in reality, they need to get some more talent in. This team needs to retool, rebuild. Yeah. And yes, the players need to accept the, ex- the responsibility. The, the expectations seem a little crazy here. Yes, and and that's my biggest issue here is that Well, he he did trade Andre Kasha and Nick Ritchie. As just shots ca- at the core players. Yeah, like just kind of out of the blue. Well, Shuffling here's my, here's my thing with this this quote though. Go for it. Although it is definitely out of the straight out of the playbook. I mean, no doubt about that. He might not be necessarily wrong again. Oh no! I, the core is not good enough. Ricard, but that's also no, 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 on no. him. But Ricard, well, okay, I know, but still, okay. Ricard Raquel did Sorry, not have a on. good did not have a good season. Okay, or not a season to his standard. Let's just put it that way. He had a, a good season. I mean, forty two points in sixty five games, but the fifteen goals is maybe what sticks out. Um, Hampus Lindholm. I don't think this was a great season for him. You know, the the possession stats, the shot metrics were not as dominant as they've been in the past. Um, and the elephant in the room is John Gibson. I mean, he had a 904 save percentage this season. Outside of that, Josh Manson. I mean, I know that he's not relied upon at all for offense, but nine points in 50 games and just kind of generally and at times a negative defensively. Yeah, the core wasn't great this year, but maybe that's maybe this core is and back to your point maybe the core is not what he thinks it to be anymore maybe he's not going to get vintage seasons that being said i still think a lot of these guys can be better we've seen them be much better no and i think that's fair but it's just i guess my frustration is that this is the same old quote that i've seen right for i mean 10 plus years and the problem with it is that it's it's almost true every time it's just it kind of comes off as you're missing the rest of the situation yeah so Let's move on to the next quote. Let's see here. Okay. Ooh, this is another one that might get Jake riled up. Let's see. What did you think of the job Dallas Akins did in his first season behind the Ducks bench? All right. You ready for this? Go for it. You ready for this? <laughs> I thought he was very organized and well-prepared. I thought the communication was good early. It got off track a little bit. As I've said before, he had to get rid of... I don't know when he said this, but was it? I don't know what, but I'll get into it. As I've said before, he had to get rid of some of the things that came from Edmonton. I think those are gone now. He was very hard on some young people in Edmonton, and it kind of backfired on him. I'm not saying it's all his fault, by the way. He took the foot off the gas a bit with them. He's going to be much more consistent and on point with everybody next year. He had to get a few things out of the way, and he did. All right, let's stop right there. Whoa. What, what just happened? He had to get rid of, of, of some things that came from Edmonton. As I've said before, I'm trying to figure out when he said that. 
Uh, he may have said it at the introductory press conference, or maybe work. He's confusing himself saying or, it, or with is that Luke a Bacon is that, saying it? Is that a Freudian slip? Well, Dallas has said it before. Yeah, Dallas has. Well, Dallas the, has made the point before that he made errors in Edmonton that he's needed to learn. So from. I think what he's saying here, and what could be valid, is that he he kind of went from being a hard ass in Edmonton to, to too much of a player's coach in Anaheim, and then now he's trying to find the happy medium. But would that have made a difference? Is the question? No. Is that what's like going back to the the quote that was early on from this thing? Is that he, in one hand, says the kids were given too much free reign. I I feel like this 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 is why Bob Murray loves Randy Carlisle because he just cracks the whip. Yeah, there's no question that he's doing everything he possibly can to push his players. The problem is that fizzles out after a year or two because guys get sick of it. Yep. So anyway, you were saying sorry. Uh, well, no, what I was saying was that, uh, basically you have Bob Murray earlier putting it on the kids for running rough shot over the locker room. And then you also have him praising the kids saying they were our best players. So who knows what he's really actually thinking. And uh, he, he sounds mostly supportive here and acknowledge and acknowledging. Well, we haven't finished the quote, so we should finish it. We were a decent hockey team. A lot of nights. That's why I expect much more next year. We showed we could play the game. They have to get better on special teams. They're working on it. You can't watch certain teams' power plays. I'll use Boston. That's a pretty damn good power play. We don't have those players. So we have to have a different sort of power play. You have to work with what you have. You can't recreate a Boston, Tampa Bay, or Washington power play. We can't try to do that because we don't have those people at this point. We're getting some. We're starting to draft some of those high-skilled people. For now, we're going to have to do it a bit different. That's my message. We can get better on special teams. That's on coaching and the players. That's something they're working on. Here's what I understand about this. Is he saying that at one point they tried to use similar tactics to the top power plays and because it didn't work, they have to change course? Is that why we saw the just horrific endless point shots at the end of the season with no side-to-side movement? Because, well, if you can't be like the best, if you can't emulate the best, then you have to switch to the worst. Maybe if the roster is at the point where you have Derek Grant on a power play, you haven't built the best roster. <laughs> yeah. Although I still think with the players they had, they could have had a, a, yeah, a decent fair. power play. Fair. You know, I mean, fair. with if you just put the five best guys out there, you should be able to have a decent fair. power play. And they didn't. And that's, that is a coaching thing. I think we can agree. That on is that. true. But true. at the same time, I, I just, I can't tell what the message is here. Yeah. They've got to be better. You can't be like the best. Because of the players they have, we're getting those players, but we have to do things a bit different. Like, what does that mean? What is the different thing that they're going to do? I mean, because what we saw with the Stucks power play over the course of the season was that they started off trying to play that one three one setup with, power, with uh, one-timer options on each side, trying to work it down low. And as the season progressed, as they got more and more frustrated, they just went totally away from that. They, yeah. They went to just at times it looked like they were just playing keep away. Like they were just afraid to lose the puck. And then they got to a point where they were just firing shots from the blue line and trying to get traffic in front, which is one of the statistically the least efficient ways to score on a power play. So because things didn't work out early, they kind of just gave up. And I don't know if that was a management thing, Bob Murray stepping down from the front office saying, Hey, look, this, this new age, this fancy stuff you're trying isn't working. I don't know. It's interesting. That that quote it gets me going a little bit. Okay. Final quote. Wow, we've made it this far. What a journey it's been. Uh, 
we've we, we've made it through somehow the, we've made it through the cryptic russian story yeah we've made it through kids dang you know <laughs> these kids need to get off my lawn you know we've, we've made it through a lot here so let's let's finish up do you foresee any issues re-signing some of your restricted free agents there are always issues we've talked to them a lot a little bit some we have the hammer and some they have a little bit of the hammer <laughs> The farther it goes and we get into November and about to play, there's not going to be a lot of money out there next year. I foresee the cap being fairly close to flat. It could be flat for a couple of years. I don't know. The revenues are going to be tight. We talked to them, but there are no- there's nothing to announce at this point. We know who they are. We know who has arbitration rights and who doesn't. Those types mm-hmm. of things. <laughs> wow. That, that was a lot of nothing. That was maybe the least insightful quote, which is unfortunate that we have to end on this one. But let's talk about this topic for a little bit here. Who are the restricted free agents? Let's so I, I looked it up. I've got mm-hmm. it up in front of me. So here okay. we go. Let's do it. Uh, it is Sonny Milano who has arbitration rights. He, so he's, got, he, he's got the little hammer on Cap Friendly. He does. <laughs> Jacob Larson are, is an RFA. No arbitration rights. No arbitration rights. Kiefer Sherwood is an RFA with arbitration rights. Troy Terry is a 10.2 C group, which is basically means he's a group two RFA, which means he's not eligible for an offer sheet. He's only eligible for signing with the ducks. The ducks um, have the hammer a, in that situation yeah, <laughs> as an RFA, no arbitration rights. Then you've got Alex Dosky, uh, Chase DeLeo has arbitration rights, uh, Devin Sideroff. And so there really aren't that many. The really notable and, uh, ones really are. And Joel, Ter- Joel Pearson. Sorry, yes, Joel Pearson. I had scrolled down to the defense yet with arbitration. (laughs) Um, But so really the ones of note are Troy Terry, or that are left, Troy Terry, Jacob Larson, and Sonny Milano, I think are the the biggest profile. Kiefer Sherwood, you could probably throw in there also. Which one is going to be the toughest one? You know, because when he talks about there's always issues. Who's the issue in here? Because I have my theory. Uh, Milano or Terry? I think it's definitely Milano. Milano has a much well. I'm not saying he has a he has this huge case for a bigger contract, but he's older, and he has a 14 goal season under his belt at the NHL level. And in 1819, he had 11 goals in 27 games um, down in the AHL. So he is he is, and he was very productive at the end with Anaheim. So the question is, what does that look like for him? A, a two year bridge deal? that three-year bridge deal, you know, what yeah. is that going to look like? Or, you know, what do, what do the Ducks want in this situation? I think the Ducks are probably going to bridge him. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I I, don't, I think it would benefit both sides to have a bridge situation because he needs he needs some full seasons in the NHL under his belt to show that he can go and get that big contract. Yeah. Um, for Jacob Larson, I don't even know what you do there. I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I guess he wants a bridge as well. Because he wants to show that he can become maybe, a regular, or maybe. does he want to, or does he want a little bit of a longer deal? I because, think he wants a little bit of a longer deal. But what leverage does he have to go and get that? <laughs> None. I mean, he's yeah. he, he's been poor. He's been very poor in the NHL. Um, not to my surprise, maybe to to others. Um, as far as Kiefer Sherwood, he's the oldest of the group, twenty five. Where does his future lie? With the yeah, that's an interesting one to see where it lies. If I'm him, I'm trying to get a two-year deal to take me to unrestricted free agency. Mm. Yeah. But I think it. I think it also, if you're him, if you get a couple, uh, a couple years out of the Ducks, three, four, 
potentially, and you get a little bit of security, that might not be a bad thing either. The, the tough thing for Kiefer Sherwood it, is it kind of it just depends what he wants. Does he want to have an, a true shot at the NHL? You know, because if if that's what he really wants, then signing longer term with the Ducks might not be the best situation. Yeah. But but if he just wants to have a contract and be happy with the fact that he's made it this far as an undrafted free agent. And then, yeah, maybe it makes sense to kind of just stick around the organization and maybe when he gets a shot, eventually he can capitalize on it. I don't know. It's interesting. Joel Pearson, Devin Sidoroff, Chase DeLeo. I've, I have no read on Alex Dosti. I have no read on those that, that that's more of a, uh, that's more of a John Broadbent uh, type of topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that all, they'll all be back. Um, Okay, well that that does it for this uh, this interview with Bob Murray. So, any final thoughts? Any closing thoughts? Anything that that you haven't said yet that maybe you wanted to say about about this presser or just about anything Ducks related right now? Uh, so I threw out the the call for some questions. So for those of you listening that don't know, we do a Twitch stream of the show each and every time, um, and you can find it at Twitch.tv/CrashThePond. If you want to help support the show, you can go ahead and do it by. Uh, Supporting us, if you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime sub each and every time. You do uh, have to hit that subscribe button after 30 days. Also, if you just want to follow us, you'll get notified if you hit that heart button or the follow button uh, whenever we go live. So you're notified when this stream goes live. Um, But it helps out and supports a fair amount and helps out a lot. And you get special badges next to your name. So let me see. We got a couple. Uh, Does Trevor Zegras make the big club right away, even though Bob Murray loves to talk about how they need to learn in the AHL first. Where do you kind of project with next year kind of where Zgrass is at? Especially understanding what's going on with the uh with COVID nineteen and where the league could be. Well let's assume what, that what, we're we're back in a normal situation. And the AHL is back also? Because I think that's the big question is yeah. whether the AHL comes back. I think he's gonna be in the NHL. I think with everything going on, I think he's going to be in the NHL. That's also because I'm not sure what's going to happen with the AHL. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, the, these comments about the AHL make me wonder. Like, what what do they what do they mean by that? The yeah. AHL is going to fold. Yeah, who knows? I don't think um, that. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, the, the Golden Knights just announced that they're starting a new franchise. That's true. I don't that's think they true. would be doing that if and they had that an was, inkling. That was from GoDucks10, by the way. So we got this question also from Fire Carlisle that said, uh, do you think that both Mark Morrison and Marty Wolford are brought back next season? Could they be casualties due to this bad special teams play? I don't know. I mean, it sounds like Murray is giving them a chance to work through it by saying that they're working on it. They're they're looking into it. They're going to make it better. So I think they're going to be back. But, man, they can they probably don't have very long of a leash, though. Yeah, and then uh, let's see. Hockey Boys asked, based on Murray's quotes, and I think this is kind of a really good question to kind of uh, end our discussion about Murray's quotes, what moves do you think that we can expect this offseason? Do you have any hot takes on that? Mm, I think the Ducks are going to be pretty quiet. <laughs> is that is that not a good take? No, that's not a good take. It's that's not, not a fun. good take. That's not fun. Okay, N- I'll, I'll give you a fun one. Adam Henrique gets moved. Ooh! Cut cut salary. Make room for Trevor Zegras. Does he get anything in return? It would go against the too many kids philosophy. Can can you get a right-handed defenseman for him? Maybe, maybe you package one of those left shot D with him. 
one of the younger guys, maybe a Gouli or a Mahura. Maybe you package Henrique Mahura for a pick and a right shot D or just another forward, you know, something like that. I mean, that, here's the thing. If, if he, I was going, if I was going to hot take territory, I will just continue to beat that drum because it's, it seems to be the most obvious play, especially considering Adam Henrique just scored 26 goals. Yeah. So his, his value is never going to be higher. And, and I think, and I'd combat people that would say, well, he's untradeable because of his contract. He was the best player on the team last year. I think that that makes, there are going to be GMs out there that see the amount of goals that he scored and see the value in that and don't necessarily care about the years on that contract. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going to be interesting, the trade market, you know, with all the, the cap flattening out and whatnot, just how that affects how teams project that far out. But I, I don't see them trading Josh Manson, though. That's the one that we've talked about a lot. But because it didn't happen at such an obvious point in time to make it happen, yeah, I feel like the ship has sailed a little bit. And Potentially. Also, I also just don't know what Manson's value is anymore after this season. You know, he didn't have a great year. I still yeah. think his name carries some some brand value but i don't know we'll see but yeah henrik to getting traded is my hot take fair i don't really even think that's that hot i think that's pretty <laughs> cold honestly but sure well i um, well i started with nothing's gonna happen so my my hot take you want to hear mine let's hear yours one of lindholm or Fowler gets traded wow that is actually a hot take that is a that, scorching hot take you're compiling a bunch of left-hand defensemen you have plenty of depth now in juice do you try moving them for an impact player or maybe a right-handed defenseman that can make more of an impact or but, younger? But isn't man, okay. Not I'm not saying isn't that, that they necessarily the wrong do it, but that's pool, a hot take. Is isn't that the wrong pool to, to take out of though? From Fowler and Lindholm are two no, of the only I, things that, that work on this roster. I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying that they should. I know. I I'm know. just giving you a hot take of what it I is a hot take. happening. Lindholm. Lindholm out? Maybe he's one of the Fowler. maybe he's one of the guys who's playing Fortnite too much. You know, he, maybe in Bomberry's eyes, he's a kid. He he's one of the too many maybe. kids. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, Fowler had a great year. I'd actually. I, this is the the the, the 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 Ducks love Fowler. He's yeah. Never I don't trade see him. But I, Lindholm maybe. Lindholm's contract is also much more tradable. Yeah. So we'll see. That's my hot take. <laughs> that is a hot take. Moved. Congratulations to you. Yeah. I, did I win the hot take off? Uh, yeah, you did by a lot. Perfect. By awesome. a large margin. That's what I was going for. Um, all right. So Lewis uh, X two and I ask, gut feeling, where do you think the ducks are picking in the upcoming draft? I'm gonna pick go- a pick a number. First. Damn it. Why not? Team Chaos. Now I now if I don't say first, I just look bad. Then say first. First. Fine. <laughs> wait I was, here. I was here, gonna wait, say I, I, I was gonna say I, third, but I wanted to steal your thunder. I have the almighty uh answer. Tankathon running it right now. Okay, let's hear it. Ducks got second. Okay, so they're in the lottery. They they won the second overall pick. I'll take it. If the Ducks get first overall, do they select Quentin Binefield? No, they take Lafreniere. Centers. Is, they need this, a center. This isn't a question. Lafreniere is the well. Best player so they have. for those who maybe don't follow, was it at DauberProspects.com where they yeah. did, where they did a game where they did. Oh yeah, they did a random uh, draft order. I think it's just per you, tank. It's per tankathon. They did it. Yeah, they did. They used a, a tankathon draft simulation to decide the order, and then they use a roll of the dice for each pick. Where I think two through four. If you got two through four, you you picked uh, something safe or like need based. 
And if you got one or six, you go just totally crazy. And the Ducks, and that was a chaos roll. And the Ducks got a chaos roll at first overall. And and so they drafted Quentin Byfield. And, well, the funny thing is the guy that wrote it or that made that pick, I've listened to him on podcasts he before. Is, Cam he Robinson. Is, he is all he, about Byfield over He Lafreniere. legitimately believes that Byfield is the, the best player in this draft. So even though, yes, it was no, no, chaotic no. overall. He believes Byfield will be the best player in this draft. Yes, I think that's a that's a good distinction to make. And yeah. so he understands Lafreniere going first, but Byfield is would be his first overall pick projecting mm-hmm. out. Um, but yeah. so the chaotic pick was Quinn Byfield. I think the chaotic pick would be Stutzle. Well, here's what's weird. So I listened to the full 60 with Corey Pronman and Craig. Good Custins. podcast. Good podcast. Good show. And Corey Pronman, who's the draft guru of Brad, the athletic talked about that. There's buzz, slight buzz for Stutzle at number one. What the heck? I mean, I love Tim coming Stutzle. out of left field. I love Tim Suslay, but he is not worthy of the number well, one pick. Well, it's funny because some some drafts have him as low as seven. Some, well, I think, I think on um, on Wheeler's was board, he was yeah, he was like eight. Yeah, that's right, and I think because Wheeler had Rossi as a Scott third. Wheeler, by the way, of the Athletic. Yeah, so <laughs> I just I don't Pronman, you know, I I respect what he does. I I love his his work, reading his articles, but. His takes on this draft, maybe it's because I've just done more research on this draft than a lot of drafts in the past, so I have more opinions, but I've never found myself just so much disagreeing on everything with his rankings. So, yeah. All right. Let's hit this question, and then remind me, I have another question that was actually a comment on an article that I want to pose on the podcast. But Kempafu asks, how much do you think the Ducks have to improve before Bob Murray cuts the line uh, to try to save himself from the Samueli? Basically, how much do the Ducks need to improve to keep Bob Murray's job? I think they need to get back to the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think they need to be contenders, but I think the Samuelis need to know that they can count on this team to bring in that playoff revenue. Yeah. And if they can't Um, do that, then that's a big problem. Yeah. All right. So here's the question I was going to ask you. And this was posed on, I believe it was the article I wrote about breaking down the draft lottery. If the Ducks won the first overall pick, not stating the terms for what happens after that, though. Would you trade the first overall pick for both of Ottawa's picks? Would Ottawa trade both their picks for the first overall pick? So if it's second, let's just say first is the Ducks, second is Ottawa, third is San Jose, so Ottawa. Would Santa, would would the either team make that trade? I don't think so Ottawa would. Se- second and third for first. Assume, yeah, assuming that's how it all plays out, oh, man, I don't know. I kind of love the idea of being first and just having who I want. I also love the idea of having two and three and just increasing the possibility that I get a superstar, spreading like spreading out my risk a little bit. Yeah, I think Ottawa does not do it. But what I don't if, know. I, I just don't know why Ottawa would do that unless they what? unless they thought maybe you're going to take the guy that they want. I don't know, but. I wouldn't do it if I were them, but if I'm the Ducks, I would propose it. Why not? <laughs> what about uh, what about if Ottawa is second and fifth or something like that? If San Jose is, I don't know if that's possible. No, nah, second th- and fourth. Yeah, I think you keep the first. I think you. Uh, I don't know. That's I, tough. I think I think you, if if Ottawa is second and their and their other pick is as low as it possibly could be, um, which is what third or no uh, fifth. 
let me think about the re, let me reset it. So San Jose is third. So if the Ducks jump them and another team below them jump them, San Jose could fall to fifth if that. So if it was second and fifth. So let's just math this out. If the Ducks get one and Ottawa owns the second and fifth picks, let's say that let's say that Ottawa drafts Lafreniere at one and you make the swap you get you get byfield at two no debate yeah. about that yeah how those next two picks three and four shake out well you would get can, you would get byfield and then you would get one of stutzle rossi or raymond or drysdale you have your pick of the litter basically like there yeah like outs you two guys are going to be taken off the board at three and four especially out of that next group especially if Stutzle goes three which there seems to be a like that almost that seems to be a lock according to Promen, and he's and he seems to be basing a lot of his opinions off of the uh kind of just the, the scouting you know nhl community so it has to be pretty legit so let's say Stutzle goes three who goes four is it lucas raymond uh, I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe Drysdale. I okay. Let's say let's say Drysdale's on the board, still on the board at five, because that'll make this a little more interesting. Let's say Raymond goes off the board at, at four. The Ducks are now up at five. They already have Byfield in the bag. Do you go and just get Drysdale to fix your blue line, or do you get grab another potentially high powered forward prospect? Um, Marco Rossi is still out there. Alexander Holtz is still out there. Um, you still have quite a few options up front, or do you just grab Drysdale? Yeah. Well, what it's, do you do? I'm asking you. <laughs> I think, I think if you get Byfield at two, you take Drysdale at five. If he's there, if he's there, I think so too, because you've already kind of hit the jackpot with Byfield in terms of that that next franchise center who can. I mean, imagine Zegras and Byfield, one two centers. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be real interesting to see if maybe number one, whoever wins first overall, takes a look at seeing if Ottawa is that high. We're making, we're making the case, I think, for why Ottawa shouldn't do it, though. Yeah, true. <laughs> because unless they Fair. just absolutely want Lafreniere, which Fair. is not a bad place to be in. They have the ability to do that. Lafreniere is a marketable star in that Here's specific the thing. market. If it's three and four, do you do it? I think that becomes iffier. I think it's harder with three and four because a you don't get Byfield. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, I feel like you don't have a lock in there. There are no locks after two, really. I mean, we we know all these guys are going to be good, to really good, to elite. But if you can't get Byfield out of that swap, I feel like it's no go for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and so. you said we had a question in an article. That was the oh, question. Oh, that was the question. Okay. See, I was just yeah. making sure to remind you. Yeah. St- staying just, on top of it. Just got the Ducks winning the draft lottery. <laughs> Could happen. Lafreniere would, would would fix a lot for this team. We definitely need to look just... This is now us just discussing uh, future podcasts at this point <laughs> on the podcast. But we should definitely be doing a live stream during uh, the draft lottery. Well, it's on the 26th, which is... Have they set a time? No, but you know it'll probably be at like five p.m. here or something like that. Um, yeah, that's in four weeks. <laughs> so 
or three weeks, I guess. That's a little while away on a P- Friday. It's on a picture, Friday. Picture if the Ducks win the draft lottery and you get my reaction it, live. It, it can be a drunk pod or a drunk uh, reaction stream. Ooh. Because it's on a Friday. So there, there's. Should we line up shots during it and figure out a way, a drinking game for it for everyone? We could do a drinking game. Yeah. I'm let down. me pe- People out there listening to this, let us know what the drinking game should be yeah. uh, for the draft lottery. Whether it is saying about how many times Lafreniere's name is mentioned. Different things like that would be good. Yeah. So let us know. Let us know. We're, 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 we're trying to keep the podcast coming here. Okay. But. Yeah, I think that's probably going to do it, though, for tonight. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks. Yeah, a good one. Thanks, ev- thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope everybody is doing well as we get through these crazy times that we are in. We will get through it, as we always do. Um, if you want to keep supporting the show, keep supporting the website, you have a few ways to do it. Um, Jake already talked about uh, s- subscribing to the Twitch stream. Um, we do want to talk to you about our Patreon page. So, if you want to support the show further monetarily, um, you can do that at patreon.com slash crash the pond. So there are two tiers of uh, patronage. So for a dollar a month, you can uh, have access to our Discord uh, patrons only chat, which is a lot of fun. And I think that um, you're not only getting the benefits of the chat with that, but you also get to potentially interact with you know people who are just hardcore fans like yourself. So, you know, sometimes that's not easy to as easy to do in places like Southern California if you're a really diehard fan. So that kind of gives you an, an outlet there with that chat. Uh, for $5 a month, you get the chat and you also get two bonus episodes a month. Those are a lot of fun. Those are absolutely worth the $5 a month. In my biased opinion, we have, we uh, have fun. We have a lot of fun on those. If you enjoy the kind of banter of the show, the, 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 the back and forth, then the, that's that entire podcast. I mean, the, the bonus episodes are just that. We just have fun on that. We do have, I mean, we have some good conversations though. We have some pretty productive. We we talk episodes. more about the league as a whole, honestly. It's more of like our NHL show, and with some ducks mixed in uh, here and there. If we, I mean, just to give you an example of the ones we've done so far during this quarantine. Let's see, what have we done? We did a all-time ducks bracket, I think. Uh, of the all-time best coaches for the Ducks? All-time best coaches. We did a cereal, uh, not cereal, fast food bracket. By the way, real quick, NJ Devils fan asked, really quickly have a goals question if you don't mind. The AHL just announced Henderson will be Vegas's new affiliate. Yeah. Who, uh, and so who will be the first team to play Henderson home or away? Wait, what? Which team do you think will be the first team to play Henderson? Oh, just like their first regular season pick, game. Just, just pick it and we'll see. We'll see where it goes. San Diego. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's where I was gonna go. All I mean, right, it's, keep going. It, it's, keep going. It's it's better. It's better than Vegas having their affiliate in Chicago, which True. was just weird. Anyway, and Seattle's will be in Palm Springs. That is a little odd. Just no, for, just I mean, for them. I mean, I'm glad they, we have another team in Southern California. I mean, but. the thing is, they will be. It's going to be cent- It's going to be close to a bunch of teams. We'll be close to San Diego, close to Ontario. I agree. I agree. It would. It would have been weird for them to be all the way up there because the travel would have been insane. Um, yep. But yeah, on that show, we've had a lot of fun. We've had. Uh, we did the league awards. We. I actually kind of want to listen back to that now, just because we're probably going to get the awards at some point. I mean, I don't know if they're yeah. going to do that, but we made a lot of predictions. We we had some pretty intense debates. I even convinced Jake on something on that show. 
Oh yeah, that was the one where you gave me five minutes of prep. I mean, that's right? that that's been your that's been your running excuse since we've done that. Yep, five minutes. Sent e- emailed me the script about what we're doing five minutes before we went ahead with it. No, no, it was like an hour before. It, it was like Lies. an hour. It, no, it was like Lies. an hour. Lies. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so that's what we do. That is what we do on that show. It's a lot of fun. Five dollars a month. Patreon.com. Slash Crash the Pond. Another way to support the show, if you uh, want to do something that's not going to cost you anything except your time, leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Just search Crash the Pond on Apple Podcasts. It will take you to our feed, and that is where you can leave your thoughts. We really appreciate that. It goes a long way, helps us uh, win the Apple Podcasts algorithm, and it just it's great to hear from you guys. So check that out. Search Crash the Pond on Apple Podcasts. Um, we are on YouTube. If, yes, if, youtube.com slash crash the pond. If you want to go subscribe, if you hit that bell next to the subscribe button, you will get notified anytime the video goes, uh, video gets uploaded. Uh, for anyone new listening, the uh, YouTube video is essentially the Twitch stream yep. recorded. Yeah, so if you're more of a visual person and you want to see us just talking into our screens or our cameras, then... By all means, check out the YouTube stream or channel. God, getting my terms all mixed up. Also, check out the website, crashthepond.com. We have articles. We have podcasts. We have things to bring you. Ducks content. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ has joined the... Did we announce that or have we talked about that on the show, CJ, who you may have heard on this podcast well, before? He's been on the podcast. Yeah. Well, he's been writing for us on the on the website, providing some yes. content. Um, just kind of keeping you locked in with the news. And Jake had an article last week about how the draft lottery works. And after reading it, I actually understood what was happening. Hey, so, I accomplished something. So you, so Jake accomplished something because the NHL, let's be honest, did, did not do us any favors. <laughs> no, with, with, they did not. I mean, they made it almost as complicated as it could be. Um, we, we talked about it on our last podcast, and uh, it was a bit of a struggle. So anyway, um, <laughs> well, it was mostly a struggle for me, if I'm being honest. Um, okay. I have an article that went up today talking about Cody Curran. It was really just an article about how confusing the Ducks blue line is, if, if I'm being honest. But it seems like there's a thread here with our articles kind of being about confusion. <laughs> we live in a confusing time. You know, we're just trying to capture the moment. Um, so that's CrashThePond.com, at CrashThePond on Twitter. Jake is on Twitter, at ReindeerGames91. And as I usually do, I will outline what you can find on Jake's Twitter. So you can find Bundesliga Wrestling. MLS is back. MLS. You know, if you're looking for your sports... Premier League's back. Your sports fix can be totally alleviated with Jake just following You'll get him. an update on lots of different things. I mean, majority of the time, it's going to be the teams I follow. So that means Tottenham, LAFC, AEW, NXT, WWE. I mean, there's the Ducks. There's the Angels thrown in U- there. UFC so. this weekend? Sure. UFC 250? DraftKings? Are you going to do DraftKings for that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, Lewis must have missed this. MLS announced today that uh, end of the month they're going to be doing a tournament. It's kind of weird. Actually, let me let me run this by you and get your thoughts on it. Seeing okay. as we're an hour 20 in, so might as well. There's, yeah. Who cares? Um, <laughs> MLS, the way they're doing it, at least my understanding of it is, is that they are having all the teams fly to Orlando okay. and going, I think, put them into groups. No clue how big the groups so are. So they're doing the NBA model. Just, but we're all going to season, Disney World. Th- we're one game into the season, though. Oh. Mind you. One game into the season. So they're having them travel. 
they will have every team travel to Orlando to play a tournament in Orlando where you will play three round robin games and then play a tournament style format after that. And it's just a tournament. There's no, it's not the, the season could start afterwards. It's just something to get the, the, the players playing for a trophy. Okay. I mean, I, it's very random, but also I'm like, okay, sure. Where I stand on all these things now is I just want to see sports. I, it could be the worst format and it wouldn't matter. I, I just uh, want to see sports. Lewis wants to know what the uh, notable fights are for UFC 250. Wow. Now you're putting me on the spot here. Well, yeah, it, it, it kind of depends. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder because some people are really down on this card and others are not. If you're a fan, a lot of people... So Sean O'Malley has kind of a cult following. Uh, as a result of get, of joining the FC through the Ultimate Fighter, he's back with his second fight since coming back after a long layoff. So he's he's uh, at the bottom of the card in the bantamweight division, and then headlining the card, you've got Amanda Nunez, who is the greatest female MMA fighter of all time. She's defending her belt against the pride of Canada, Felicia Spencer, who is also very very good, who is eight and one as a mixed martial artist. So that should be a great headliner. Cody Garbrandt is also coming back. Aljamain Sterling. There's some really good fights. It's actually going to be a good card. I was really down on it at first. But, you know, that's just who we are in this in this day and age. We're suckers, you know, for these pay-per-view yeah. events. I'll pay it. Whatever. Just, just hook it to my veins. It's sports, especially in this quarantine period. So, yeah. D- D- Duxco asks, why aren't, aren't you ever en- why aren't you mentioning the NBA news? Uh, it's because I don't pay attention to the NBA, so I don't know. Well, and I'm a Warriors about- fan, and the Warriors are just irrelevant right now so so. (laughs) sorry about that mls though here's actually what they're doing so the tournaments in orlando dates to be confirmed but there's a 35 day maximum for the tournament uh we'll work with players who may have personal concerns the tournament winner receives one million dollar plus a trophy so just a random one-off trophy uh regular season to resume afterwards if it's safe to do so return to stadiums unknown but likely to be in empty arenas could extend regular season deep into December. Could have playoffs in 2021, but plans to complete in 2020. Are they calling it the Corona Cup? That would actually be hilarious. Brought, Can to, it you, be a tur- brought to you by brought Corona. Brought to you by Corona. Yeah. Just, just yeah. go all in on the bet. Yeah. F it. That would actually be funny. <laughs> okay. Well, we're just deeply off our rockers now, but that's okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and anyway, a- and AEW still going with great shows. Mike every Tyson week. It's fun. ripping it, struggling to rip his T-shirt off. When we get done with this, at some point, as we're an hour twenty in, I'm gonna go finish watching Dynamite to see what happens. W- w- Don't spoil anything for me, people. I just want to say that Mike Tyson struggling to rip a T-shirt oh, made him human to me. You know, it made <laughs> him much more relatable. I don't. I want to know what that T-shirt was made out of. Was it like titanium laced? Maybe. Who knows? Also, AEW just trying to buy out all the UFC stars who are frustrated with their contracts. Henry Cejudo. I mean, trying to get the the draw. You know? maybe, Gotta respect maybe, it. maybe they'll go after John Jones now that he just vacated his belt. Anyway. Gotta respect it. Yeah, I respect the hustle. I mean, it's still just not actually a sport, but, you know, <laughs> semantics, potato, potato. It's a show. It's a show. It's a it's show. entertainment. Sure. Yes, it is entertainment. That's true. It's It's scripted entertainment. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Oh yeah. Well, 
So yeah, that's what you can get by following Jake on Twitter. Is yeah, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> this whole little random tangent we've been on. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. I have two articles up. I've already talked about it. Crash the pond with Cody Curran, and I just had an article go up at the fourth period. I did a post mortem on the Ducks season. So check that out. Check us out. Keep following along. Hope everyone's doing well, and we will talk to you at the next show. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Stay safe and be kind to everyone. Yes, be nice. Just just be nice, you know? Nothing wrong with that. Anyway. Bye.